At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The numbers told the story they always do. This is a numbers game with Gil Alexander on VSEN. It's one of those idiots who believe in analytics. Good Monday morning to you. It is a numbers game at VSEN, the sports betting network, VSEN.com, the VSEN app, Fubo, Game Plus, iHeartRadio, YouTube TV. All proudly brought to you by BetMGM Nevada. It's Gil Alexander. Jeff Parlay is here as well. Jeffrey, you good? How you doing, man? Good morning, Gil. Good morning, sir. Interesting little show today including uh, a fantasy football preview from Todd Wright for those who are doing their season-long fantasy drafts. He's got some uh, players to draft, players to stay away from. He'll answer our fantasy questions as well. Paul Spore will join us, talk baseball a little later on. Pete Futak with, should I say it? Should I say week zero? Week zero picks in college football coming up as well. Some Heisman thoughts. And Joe Pita will join us. For those familiar with Joe Pita, um, or unfamiliar, Joe is one who for many, many years, and perhaps most famously at ESPN Chalk, did baseball previews, and he did them uniquely, essentially trying to isolate what was repeatable, what was not repeatable, what was sustainable, what was unsustainable in baseball from year to year, quantifying the sport in a very unique way. And then he sort of drifted towards golf, didn't sort of, he did, wrote the 2019 Master's Tour Guide, which is sort of a master's Bible using uh, non-public domain data. Well, now he has made a little shift to football. And so he will talk to us about his Las Vegas Raiders season win totals piece and how he feels about the Raiders applying some of those same things that he used in baseball to football now. Pretty fascinating uh, take on the Raiders coming up. We look forward to that. Um, From this weekend... Why did my voice just do that? From this weekend, what was uh, what was noteworthy in the NFL? I, w- I would just sort of say, and again, as one who cautions against reading anything into the uh, three-week preseason arc that is the National Football League, at least these days it's three weeks, particularly now that it's only three weeks and not four, because, boy, do teams treat preseason differently now than they have historically. We talked about this you know, ad nauseum before, how teams used to treat it so that in a four-week arc, the third week was always, okay, these are when the starters play, and then fourth week, nobody plays. Of note, that's going to start week one. Now, they just kind of don't care. Most teams just, Jacoby Brissett's not playing. Just to give an example of, hey, he's starting. We're not even, not even putting him on the field. So the one thing I do want to, well, there's a few things. One, Kayvon Thibodeau getting jackknifed by a Bengals offensive lineman. All appears to be okay. That was brutal. Could have been disaster for Thibodeau and the Giants there. Thankfully, 
it appears he's okay. But the other thing is the Bills. Jeff, I was hanging out with the original Slow Jammer, Kevin Slow Jam and James. You're familiar with him, aren't you? Yeah, no, yeah, no, nothing. Uh, and he, we were watching football on TV. And the Bills were just destroying the Denver Broncos. Now, with the exception of like an old Steve Spurrier-led game with Washington back in the day when Washington would go to Osaka, Japan, and have an exhibition game against the Niners, and Spurrier would just unload his pitch-and-catch playbook, and Danny Werfel would just go off on the Niners for 40-plus points. Yes, that happened. And Spurrier thought he was just, he just didn't understand what you're supposed to do in preseason. But he just did everything he was going to do in the regular season. We see, we see how that turned out. But with the exception of that kind of historical anomaly, usually you don't see massive dominant blowouts like in the, pro season, in the preseason. But Buffalo just destroying the Denver Broncos 42-15 to in a game where Josh Allen went 3-for-3 three in three a touchdown. That's all we need to see from Josh Allen to the Bills. Case Keenum went 16 of 18 for 192 and a touchdown, no picks. Matt Barkley, 7 of 8 for 65. And then how about the rushing? Raheem Blackshear, 5 for 58. Duke Johnson, 9 for 55 and two scores. Devin Singletary, 4 for 39. James Cook, 4 for 38. All those averages are ridiculous, by the way. Zach Moss scored twice. Offensive line couldn't have looked better. Do we look at that and sort of say to ourselves, oh, maybe they're even better than we thought they were? Or is it just a preseason game against the Broncos team that just kind of might suck? What'd you learn more about, do you think? The Bills or the, the, Bills or the Broncos? I learned nothing about no one. Don't, don't buy anything. I don't care. Don't care. The only, the only thing that I care about in preseason is if these new coaches seem to have a clue. And look, uh, I'm not going to take getting waxed in Buffalo – like, I'm not going to take that for anything with Hackett. So I really haven't learned nothing from that other than. <laughs> I was going to say, fa- you're about than, to contradict yourself. Yeah, That's no, right. no, I didn't. Yeah. I, I, whatever. I mean, Josh Allen looked good in his series. That, woohoo. Let's, preseason let's put it this way. It, 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 for a guy who doesn't care at all about preseason, it caused me to look to my right and say, oh, that's an interesting score as we watch that unfold. The other thing was this rumor. Can we do a little sports talk radio? Not a rumor. This, was, this apparently is all true. The Dana White. Deal. Dana White coming up in the Gronk broadcast of the UFC uh, card the other night. And Gronk sort of prodded him and he tells the story about two years ago before Tom Brady ended up with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Dana White tells the story about how he had a huge hand in almost engineering Tom Brady and then later what would have been Gronk to the Las Vegas Raiders instead. We all know, of course, Brady and Gronk end up with the Bucs and they win a Super Bowl. But Dana White, who apparently is boys with Tom Brady, and Gronk completely corroborates this story. So we have no reason to believe Dana White is just flapping his gums. This appears to be completely true. Almost had it. It was a done deal. Brady was looking for houses, and then John Gruden nixed it. And my only only comment about this, because people are focused on, oh, well, now we know who uh, Tom Brady was referring to when he... uh, when he was throwing around curse words about a quarterback. Now it appears that person was Derek Carr. I can't believe they went with that guy. I'll say guy over, over me. Like they went with that over me. I believe is the correct uh, exact translation. The only part about this story, Jeff, that like I don't hear people making is because people are so focused on the Tom Brady reaction and that John Gruden thought that Derek Carr, the implication is that, no, we're better off with Derek Carr. 
No. Can we just like, can we just acknowledge the human condition of this? The human, the, 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 this is what that was. And I don't hear anybody making this point. It was simply John Gruden. We're left to believe, I think, that John Gruden simply made an assessment in his head. He knows Tom Brady's better. He would be better off with Tom Brady. But in his head, he realized, wait a minute. If Tom Brady comes here and does everything that Tom Brady does, I will receive no credit for anything. It's a, Jeff, that's 100% what it was. Jeff is laughing behind. I don't know if you hear. Oh, I mean, I mean, it's hundred percent what it was. I, I don't. I don't think you're off base. I don't. No one's making that point. So I don't like, think you're off base. At um, all. This is the the power of the human ego, right? Like he just didn't want that life for himself. I don't want to win if I can't get credit for it. By the way, this is this is very true of, of many walks of life. People would rather, I won't say suck. People would rather lose their way than win and it not be about them. And so imagine, Las Vegas Raiders fans, that's what you got from John Gruden. I think that needs to be said. Anyway, that was the takeaway from that. Other than that, how do you feel about UFC? You betting UFC these days? No, I'm not, but I I don't know how you could miss what happened on Saturday night. I had a long, not a long, but a a text exchange with uh, Sweet Lou, Gamblu, Lou Finicaro this weekend. Because there's like a dude or two on Twitter. I don't know if you've seen this yet. And I was like, Lou, I don't want to be the guy who says this first. I also, I, I kind of want to be the guy, but I don't want to be the guy. But there's a couple guys on Twitter who like are nailing UFC fights betting-wise based on nothing but business-driven narratives. Right? The old thing that sort of knocks boxing. The reason I won't bet on boxing anymore is because I've seen too many fights where it's like, I know my guy won and then he lost, right? The judges. And, you, and you, you are left to think to yourself, you're left to hate yourself, by the way, for continually doing it. But, but do you think, I mean, so Luke, Lou outright rejects this because he says there's too much legacy on the line for Usman this weekend with the just shock ending to that fight where Kamaru Usman loses just on a, just what was the last minute of the bout and he gets just destroyed. By the way, technical UFC talk destroyed. But I, it, it, have we gotten to the point with this sport that we're, that we're starting to think about that kind of thing? It's not rhetorical, Joe. I'm not, sir. I, again, I'm not. I'm not ingrained in UFC by any. Stretch. I'm not either. That's why I asked. Luke. So I, yeah, I'm not. I, I think that's especially a sport where you're just talking about egos with Gruden. Oh yeah. I think. The, even though the storylines make a lot of sense, there's too much ego going on to allow anything nefarious to be going on. Or it's the opposite. I don't know. I just think it's a, it's a, let's put it this way. It just sort of starts to creep. If you, if you follow enough people, you're like, now wait a minute here. This is like the, cause this was the one where you're like, okay, he's gotten five of these in a row. I'm talking about like random dude on Twitter with narrative, uh, with just narrative betting strategies. And I'm not just like, oh, if this guy loses, you get the rematch. That kind of boxing narrative thing. There's other ones, too, which I won't get into. But you wonder, and like this one, I was like, okay, well, he's finally going to get one wrong. And then, bam, it happens. I don't know. Could be very, just could be very coincidental. But I think, it's, uh, I think it's worth bringing up just for that. What are your football bets for the year, Jeff? What do you have here? What, what do I have so far? NFL. Well, other than those uh, waste of money free bet MVP bet uh, that I have on Tua, which is a waste of money, waste of a free bet, uh, all I have right now in pocket is uh, 
it'll be fun because Joe Peter's going to probably contradict me when I uh, when we tell you in the next segment. I'm over on the Raiders at eight and a half, and I'm under on your Commanders at eight and a half. That's all I have. <laughs> uh, I don't hate the under on the uh, on the Virginia, Commanders. Virginia That's Taco mostly seven and a half now. Yeah. Which I'd still probably go under seven and a half. Boy, I hope uh, I hope we're all wrong about Carson Wentz. I really do. I just don't get the sense we are. Speaking of the Raiders, though, we will have Joe Pita here. He's uh, going to come on right after the break. His very anically, uh, analytically driven take on the Las Vegas Raiders season win total was everything we saw last year what it appeared to be. That's the first part of the puzzle. And then what, based on that, are we expecting to see that is repeatable? Does the addition of Devontae Adams make a huge impact? As huge as you might think, does it make very little impact? Those questions answered next. Numbers Game, VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. A numbers game with Gil Alexander on VSIN, the sports betting network. It's time to download Nevada's premier sports betting app, BetMGM Sports. BetMGM with all your favorite wagering options, along with in game betting, boosted odds specials, and much more. Download the BetMGM app today. Stop by any MGM casino on the strip with your state-issued ID to open an account. Start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada. Whatever your sport, whatever your betting style, you're going to love BetMGM state-of-the-art technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. Must be 21 or older and physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly. And if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Skill Alexander, Jeff Parlay is here as well. Jeff, you never know what you're going to say that's going to uh, sort of provoke reaction. And about the... uh, about the uh, UFC stuff I was just mentioning. I will not give their names out, but these are two guys who are on this show frequently, just randomly texting me after that segment. One of them, thank you for acknowledging this. I don't watch it all, but it's fascinating to see it play out the way it has. Talking about me mentioning that there's a guy or two on Twitter who seem to get every fight right that they talk about based on nothing but narrative. He said, thank you for acknowledging this. I didn't watch it all, but it's fascinating to see it play out the way it has. He's either the luckiest better in the world or he has it figured out entirely. From the other gentleman who is on this show all the time. And I don't think he minds that I mentioned him, but this is Las Vegas Chris. He said, certainly something up with UFC on a regular basis. Narratives have been happening very coincidentally. Judging only gets worse. Most of it seems okay, but one to two fights each card cause a double take to what happened there. Yeah. Take it for what you will. 
Ladies and gentlemen, it's always a thrill to have this gentleman on the show. Again, as I mentioned in the first segment, plied his trade, doing wonderful write-ups before Major League Baseball season, season win totals pieces that were second to none. Then he shifted over towards golf, the 2019 tour guide about the Masters, and now using some of those principles that he uh, used in both sports to predict season win totals in the NFL. It's Joe Pita, everybody. How you doing, Joe? Hey, good morning, Gil. It's a pleasure to be on this show, as I've told you before. Uh, to me, this is appointment viewing for the next 22 weeks or so. Your your shows on Monday morning, Tuesday, Friday, they're incomparable and invaluable for football fans. And I'm happy to be maybe a tiny piece of uh, that to sort of kick things off this year. Well, you are very kind. It is only as, as good as the guests who are uh, generous enough to provide their time and insight. And, and you being one of those, uh, you're being modest about it. I described your the sort of the, the core principles of your baseball season win totals as isolating through numbers what what is sustainable, what is not sustainable, but really more what is what we saw on the surface really a reflection of a true skill set. Is that good or what would you add to that? Yeah, it was always logic based, right? You know, and the bets would fall out of it, of course. But that was the fun of writing those was to try to use some sort of logic based lens. Uh, that maybe was uncovering something that wasn't apparent, wasn't in the narrative. And I tried for years to do it in football and had a breakthrough framework. And it's, you know, there aren't 32 uh, pieces that are ready to go up on some site or something. But, you know, that'll be, I think, next year. Um, but uh, I did have a Raiders piece, and I wrote that one up. I thought you would like it, be- not so much because it's a hot take, um, but because it, it it certainly harkened back to the baseball pieces and the logic. And I even in the Raiders, you know, as, as you read the piece last night, um, it certainly went back to, to some of the baseball stuff we used to talk about. <laughs> yes, it did. All right, so let's get to it. Raiders last year, 10 and 7, second place in the AFC West, got to the postseason. They scored 374 points. They allowed 439. And the very first thing you did, which is very reminiscent, is you went Pythag on us. You did a little Bill James Pythagorean theorem. Explain that. Sure. And that's not uh, unique. Uh, obviously, you know, football outsiders have, has, have been putting that in their capsules for 20 years in their write-ups. Uh, but that's just saying, look, you can tell the Raiders there were outscored uh, significantly at 60-some points right there. Uh, the average NFL team scored 391 and allowed 391. So the Raiders were deficient on both sides of both units there. And, you know, if you, so it, it, what that the starting point is, is if they performed exactly like they did last year, you wouldn't expect them to win 10 games you'd expect them to win seven maybe even six and your further deep dive into this said that probably shouldn't have been that what do you explain that from the top yeah so then sort of the next step is okay look and and you know those wins counted and they looked good at the end of the year and i was certainly a raiders i mean look you know they provided you and i with so much enjoyment with that thanksgiving day win sure you know did. it blew open the circus survivor survivor pool and and which my whole strategy was based about i am not a raider hater but what i did look is say okay that's the base unit for this team what has changed this year and obviously the biggest change and the one that's driving the narrative is the addition of Devontae adams so using that old baseball logic we used to talk about with sort of marginal change, it, we know that Devontae Adams is a better pickup than if they had kept Zay Jones or, or Brian uh, Edwards or anybody, you know, 
that was available. So Devontae Adams is a big pickup, but is he going to give them more production than the quartet of wide receiver ones that were in the receiver room last year? And that suddenly through that lens is very interesting. I don't see how he's going to improve. I think people forget really due to the tragedy, how effective Henry Ruggs was for a few weeks. And then Deshaun Jackson, despite the injuries that kept him off the field, you put all four of those guys together and Devontae Adams will do very well just to match the production of those guys. And suddenly we're back to a six or seven win team. Um, if you're not getting more production and I understand why that feels so crazy because of course it was a good pickup. But is it an improvement over last year's production? And I think if you look at those numbers there from those four guys, I mean, and, and we're using advanced stats too. It's not just, you know, it's not just catches, but you add up the, uh, uh, the yards over replacement and the DVOA uh, weighted average from, from uh, football outsiders. And it's nearly a mirror match of what Devontae Adams put up last year. Um, so that's, that's sort of the starting point. And, and uh, so I went from there and obviously that, that sort of leads to why I'm pessimistic on, on the Raiders actually being an over 500 team this year. I don't see how they're going to close that gap on being outscored uh, last year. And that puts them below eight and a half wins. And, you know, I actually project it somewhere between six and seven. It's sort of like, I mean, I guess uh, I used to say that for the 2017 season when the Vikings signed Kirk Cousins. I used to say, well, people are, are super excited that Kirk Cousins is replacing Case Keenum. But what he's replacing is Case Keenum's 2017 production. And Case Keenum, exactly. yeah, well, a 67% completion rate, 3,500 plus yards, 22 touchdowns, seven picks. He was great. So maybe over a three-year arc, he can, he can be better than Case Keenum will be three years moving forward. But on that one season it doesn't translate necessarily to the next season. That That's right. It, you had a better chance of Kirk Cousins repeating Case Keenum's production from the year before than maybe Case Keenum did. And that gets a little bit to the Raiders too of, hey, what about Derek Carr last year is not repeatable? And this one to me is fun. It's like when we used to come up with out, uh, outfield assists being uh, uh, non-repeatable, those <laughs> yes. high leverage uh, things in baseball. Well, the Raiders last year, Derek Carr was by far the highest beneficiary of pass interference uh, um, production last year to the point that it actually accounted for one win um, in terms of, you know, wins above replacement. Wow. Because it, it accounted for 39 points, which is actually worth a win over the course of a season. And so here's a good comparison. How many running backs provided their team with a full win above replacement at the running back position? And the answer is one, Jonathan Taylor. That Derek Carr got more from pass interference penalties than any other team got from their rushing attack. That does not correlate well year over year. Um, so whereas like say scrambles for a quarterback scrambling EPA does because it's the same guys, right? It's Lamar. It's, it's two or not to um, Jalen hurts. Uh, it's Josh Allen. Um, so when you kind of look at the components of Carr's production last year, I'm not very bullish on some of the outlying stuff that, that really provided value last year. So again, wow. put it all together. Yeah. That's where I am. That PI thing will resonate more with listeners than I think the, the uh, Devonte versus four receivers thing. I think that's, that's very sort of graspable quickly. And the other thing you point out, and we won't belabor it because we've got to go, but 21 points from the Raiders last year was all in OT. That's a, yeah, that's a they, huge outlier, right? 
it's unreal. It's an NFL record that may never be broken, right? I mean, that is an incredible. So you look at that. We, we put up at the beginning of the piece there. I think they scored 378 points below the league average. 21 of those points were in overtime. So actually in regulation, Gil, they were far below league average in terms mm. of, uh, of uh, generating points. So there, look, and, and there's a lot of ground to make up for, for the Raiders to get over 500. Uh, I'm certainly not a hater. Like I say, if you think back to that Thanksgiving game, Gil, think of the elements that it had. You had Deshaun Jackson, extremely productive. You had a key pass interference penalty. Oh, yes. And you had overtime points. Yeah. <laughs> that, the joy that the Raiders brought me were kind of all wrapped up in that one game last year, all those elements. Well, you'll be back on Friday. Maybe another season win total, but you have something to I think promote I'll have as well. Another, that's right. Yeah. We'll see you on Friday. A different way to bet is being born on Friday, and Joe will be here to talk about that. We're talking about you, New Jersey and Iowa. Uh, or Indiana, I should say, New Jersey and Indiana, uh, but New Jersey for the uh, northeast, uh, excuse me, northwestern Nebraska game. Joe will be here to talk about that and with another season win total. Thank you, Joe. Appreciate it. Absolutely, Gil. Coming back with Pete Futek on college football. A numbers game with Gil Alexander on VSIN, the sports betting network. The college football guide is out now, and the NFL guide drops this Thursday. Start your football season on the right foot with expert profiles of every team, including team trends, power ratings, and over-under recommendations, plus best bets on season win totals, division finishes, and player awards. Remember, the only way to get access to this year's football betting guides is to become a VSIN all-access subscriber. Sign up on our discounted football special and get all access to everything we do from now through the Super Bowl for only $175 or save 50% off the monthly price with an annual subscription and bet smarter all year long, go to vcin.com slash subscribe for all your options and become part of the Sports Betting Network. We get tweets at Beating the Book. This is from, let's see here. Oh, this is from... This is from Masters, Master of Puppets. He said, oh, my God. This is from the first time he says, oh, my God, just laughed out loud and spit up my coffee. So true. Uh, the John Gruden comment, so entirely true. It is entirely true. Like, how is nobody making that point? Everybody's like, oh, he thought Derek Carr was better than Tom Brady. Tom Brady thinks, thinks that that mm, is better than me. No, he doesn't. He just wants credit. He has an ego. He didn't want you to be there, Tom Brady, because then he wouldn't have gotten any credit. Congratulations, Raiders fans. That's what stood between you and Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski. Ego of John Gruden. Period. I believe that's what the kids do, Jeff. They put a T at the end. Is that what they do? They're not doing that anymore? Jeff is like, Gil, I'm not a kid. I'm 50 years old. Jeff and is- I'm not either. <laughs> Gil, I'm not. I am not your, I am not your uh, conduit to TikTok. <laughs> that's Kev's job in the corner. Uh, this is from Steve Fezzik. Steve Fezzik, back-to-back uh, Super Contest winner back in the day at the Hilton. Uh, Steve, he said, Raiders total was eight and a half and has been uh, moving upwards. I am listening to Joe Pita on VEASAN right now uh, talking about why Raiders under eight and a half is great. And now, Steve, this is the part where I, where Steve loses me when he uses the word um. You don't have to use the word um, Steve. You can just get into the point. Uh, why not wait? This is a great point, though, from Steve. He goes, why not wait until uh, nine to have this to have this segment and get some under nine? <laughs> Well, to to wait for to have the segment, he's saying Uh, everyone in Vegas will be betting the over. Now, that's the point, right? Everyone in Vegas will be betting the over. Uh, The reason we have the segment now is because Joe was available today and people listen to the show and they remember things, Steve. But that is a great point. They should wait for it to get higher. 
So as a, a wonderful point about how regional betting, right, everybody here will only bet this team upwards. So you will even have a better, if, if you buy into what Joe was saying, you will even have a better opportunity later into the summer here. A couple, a uh, few weeks to go still for that. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's talk some college football. Pete Futak, the czar of collegefootballnews.com, hatless this morning. The hair is out. How you doing, man? I'm doing so. In general, are NFL totals slightly easier than college totals? Because don't you just kind of assume that you never go under like a five-win total in the NFL? Like that's hard to do, and you're just going to assume they're going to, you know, any given Sunday their way to like six wins, and then. Same from top five. I would guess, I, I guess in general, are NFL totals easier? I would say no. I, I, I think the, okay. I think the market for alternate season win totals, right. Is better in the national football league where I think those are mispriced again, Drew Densick and I had this sort of conversation back. It's like the notion that they, the notion that alternate season win totals are priced properly is a fallacy. Um, and it happens. Like if you look at final NFL standings, the, uh, you know, the standard deviation on these, like they're so far out of whack from what their pre-flop season win totals are. And so there's many opportunities inherently every year to, to exploit those at good plus money prices. As far as the actual season win totals themselves, I would actually lean towards college. I think like, I think we have a better grasp of NFL teams year to year than we do often of not the Bamas and the Ohio States of the world, but be, you know, below that tier where it's like, ah, we thought this and this actually it was not true at all. So I think there's, I think there's so many more opportunities just by sheer. You, you always know in college that yeah. you, every team has like that base of like, okay, they have four wins here that you just know you're starting at that. It, it's just, there's so many 50, 50 games, but I guess, you know, obviously NFL, anything can happen, you know, any given Sunday sort of thing. Again, uh, it just seemed to look a little easier, but uh, you're right. It depends on where you're looking. Um, let's, let's start with some week zero. I hate to call it that, but I guess we'll call it that. The soft opening. Yes. <laughs> it's a soft launch. I believe we call that for this internet startup that is college football 2022. Uh, we'll do a few games here and then we'll ask you about the Heisman. We'll do some more games. Uh, what, uh, is up on your radar? What are you betting this week? All right. I forgive everyone. If this, if this turns into a 56, three Nebraska route, last year was 56, seven, actually. I kind of like everything Northwestern and low scoring about this Nebraska Northwestern game that everyone's going to watch because it's the one game that sort of matters this weekend. Uh, it's it's in Ireland. Look, the coach's name is Fitzgerald. It's Northwestern. They fix glitches. They just have a way of kind of grinding things down. And in week zero, we don't have anything to go off of other than last year. It's just the preseason. There's no preseason. These teams are all kind of not sharp yet. So I'm going to assume that the offenses are not ready to go. I think this is one of those games that just grinds down to a halt. I hate going under on a 44-point win total, but I kind of like the under on that because neither of these two teams could score very well last year. I love Northwestern getting a ton of points in this. I think with last time it was up, it was like 12 and a half. Uh, and I love Northwestern on the money line. If you're going to you know, go for it, go for it and think that the, 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 the line at this point for the money line, I think is something like three thirty. That's pretty rich for all things Northwestern. So you like Northwestern plus the points. You take a flyer Northwestern on the money line. What was your total comment? Uh, 40. It's at 44. That's, that, it, it, that's, that's, a, that's, a, that's a ridiculously low number for a college game. 
But even so, I think this is going to be more of a grind. If Northwestern does what it wants, this game gets low scoring. And I think on a, under on a 44, that's just not a lot of points. Well, I'm sorry, can, I think it's like 49, well, 49 hold, hold and a half. Re, that, yeah, I was going to ask you that. That's why That's why I asked you to repeat that. The total is 50 and a half. So you must really love that number. You must really love that number. Next thing, yes. I yeah. love that number. Yeah. Yeah. So 50 and a half. It, you know, look, look, that's still a ridiculously no number, but I still kind of like the under on that. Okay. Uh, that would be the, can we call that the marquee game of week zero? Is that fair? I guess, yeah, because there's not a whole lot else out there yeah. to, that really sort of matters. I mean, it's, okay. uh, there's there's just a few nice games. but you, there, uh, There's some others. There's not, there's, this is a big one. There's a handful of ones that, that you uh, think you like bets on. What's another one? By the way, Northwestern Vanderbilt. Nebraska in, in Dublin, just if we didn't make that clear. Yeah. Yes. I love Vanderbilt. Hawaii got gutted. Uh, I know it's Vanderbilt. They struggle against everybody. There's a whole lot of, you know, parts to that puzzle that just don't, don't work. But as you know, I am the, you know, power five snob. Hawaii just, they, they're starting over again under Timmy Chang. They lost him on Cordero, their quarterback to San Jose state. They lost all their skill players to other spots. They are really they don't have the parts there yet. And again, week zero, they're not going to be sharp right out of the gate. Vanderbilt for all its flaws is still an sec team. I love Vanderbilt and only six and a half in this to think of it going forward, Western Kentucky pushing forward, which also lost just about all their parts. They're at minus, I think it's 12 the last time I checked, going to Hawaii for week one. And Hawaii is going to have a game under its belt. Vanderbilt coming in cold, you're only getting a touchdown. The SEC team, you're an SEC team. Vanderbilt, act like it already. I don't think Hawaii is going to score. This is going to be a rough one for the Rainbow Warriors. Yeah, and this is one of these where Vanderbilt were to lose this, good God, right? What kind of season yeah. might this might this ultimately be? It's not like we haven't seen teams come from the mainland to Hawaii over time and, and just experience huge trouble, but you don't foresee that. Bonky things happen on that yeah. long trip. Once they get sure there, this do. is Vanderbilt's bowl game. I mean, they're, they're playing their bowl at the beginning <laughs> of the season this year. So this is their uh, bowl let's see, game. see if they can gear it up. Yeah, let's hope they're not on the beach. All right, let's give us one more here before the break. All right, I will go uh, stay with my Power 5 snobbery. Speaking of teams getting gutted, Illinois against Wyoming. Yeah, Illinois is, is they're not going to blow anybody out this year. This offense isn't going to hang up 55 on anybody. But Wyoming's offense, they lost all their key parts. They had a massive transfer portal overhaul this offseason. Their defense is pretty good. This is going to be a low-scoring, grinding game. But again, Give me the team that the, the power five team over the group of five program. I like Illinois in this to, to pull this thing off over, uh, over 10 in this. I think that they win this by maybe two touchdowns. It's again, nothing, nothing easy. You're going to have to grind up. I just don't think Wyoming's going to be able to score. Power five snob Pete Futak from college football. Who I am going what you know in week zero and week one in general, go with the bigger team over the small, just because in general, we're, we're guessing here on the lines. I mean, we just, we don't know what we don't know yet. Illinois, again, it should be able to knock out Wyoming pretty easily. All right. All right I lied. One last thing here real quick before the break, because uh, we never really just talk about, hey, who do you think is going to win the national title? But I just want to ask you, like, as you tier them at the top here, and this is the trouble with college football is it's very similar, obviously, from year to year. But do you have Ohio State above the fray at this point? Like, where do you stand at the very top of college football? Oh, absolutely. So, I mean, the, it, in terms of winning the next, not just getting the college football playoff, that's another argument, but actual get there and win it. Ohio State, 
Alabama, Georgia, Clemson. Those are the four. I have, as my crazy outlier would be USC and then everybody else. Everybody wants to say that about USC. I still think we're a year or two away from that, but people people want to make them great this quickly. But the, the way that college football is trending, it's the team in Southern California is going to have a lot of benefit, transfer portal and beyond NIL. We'll come back. Heisman thoughts from Pete and some more week zero, if we might call it that, picks. On the other side, Numbers Game Visa, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. A numbers game with Gil Alexander on VSIN, the sports betting network. The action never stops at BetMGM. Sign up now using bonus code VSIN1000, and your first wager is risk free up to $1,000. BetMGM State of the Art app offers a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, player props, daily boosted odds specials, and much more. No matter what your favorite sport is, you'll find out why nothing beats a win at the King of Sportsbooks. Simply download the BetMGM app today. We'll take you about a few seconds, or go to betmgm.com. And under bonus code VSIN1000 to make your first wager risk-free up to $1,000. Eligibility restrictions apply. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 years of age or older to wager. New customer offer. All promotions subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. And if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offers not available in Nevada or New York. Uh, still to come today on the show. Todd Wright, little fantasy football season-long preview from Todd. Also talk to Paul Spore on uh, Major League Baseball. And, oh, Parlay finally watched the Manti Teo doc. I get to talk about that with somebody. That's exciting. Jeff, a word response just to tease that segment? What do you got? What, do you, what was your reaction? No, my, my first reaction was, was sadness. 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 I think that's I think that's a good one. Yeah. Sadness. Overall sadness. Um. Next week on the show, by the way, if we may just sort of say that, Joe Pita, as we mentioned, will be on Todd Wishnev, hopefully Wishnev and Fezzik on their weight loss challenge. Uh, Sean Patrick Griffin, the author of Gaming the Game, the, uh, the really the biggest, biggest tome on the Tim Donahue betting scandal, he will be on the show as well, right ahead of the next Untold, that series on Netflix, which produced the Manti Teo, uh, the Manti Teo uh, two-part docu, docu, uh, documentary, we'll call it, two-part documentary from uh, last week. So that's the next one. So we'll get ahead of that. And then uh, podcast-wise, we will actually have Sean Patrick Griffin and Jimmy Baba Batista, one of the three co-conspirators on the Beating the Book podcast. By the way, after this show, 
going to do the Beating the Book podcast with Matt Brown and Las Vegas Chris NFL preview. That should be out. And then a U.S. Open preview later in the week with Drew Dinsick as well. Pete Futak is with us currently talking college football with us. Before we get to more Week Zero picks, let's talk a little Heisman. Uh, we haven't talked Heisman in a while. C.J. Stroud is your short shot. And for people who uh, don't remember, Stroud looked like he was going to be the Heisman Trophy winner last year, specifically after that half of football against Michigan State, which I remember calling the second greatest half of college football quarterbacking that I've ever seen, and in, in, I think I think is correct by the numbers, in our lifetime. There was that Trevor Lawrence half in the national semis for Clemson that just eclipsed it. But Stroud was on his way, and then Bryce Young came swooping in because C.J. Stroud didn't really do much against Michigan. And so Bryce Young, plus 380 behind C.J. Stroud, and then you see Caleb Williams now doing his thing at USC. He's at 7-1. to one. By the way, Will Anderson, it should be noted, the first defensive player on the board is the first in double digits at 16-1. to one. Um, It's not fun to take a short shot, but, like, do you think this is Stroud's to lose? So hard to say that. Yeah, I, I don't like any of them. I, I, I know I'm boring on this, but if you have a long shot or you have some guy out there that a, a, an astronomical number, you're not wrong because you're right. I mean, and outside, if, if Bryce Young, let's say it this way, if Tank, Tank Bigsby stays in bounds in that Auburn game, Bryce Young doesn't win the Heisman. He won the Heisman off that one late drive to pull that game out of the fire, and then they won, they beat uh, uh, Georgia in the SEC championship. And that sort of cemented it because there really weren't any other options. Because like you said, it was, you know, Stroud had that magical, it was, was it the second half or was it the first half? I seem to remember he like went off right out of the first, gate. First half, uh, I believe. Yeah. First half, yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, because statistically he was it. Here's the problem though. Ohio State's defense is better. Stroud put up those astronomical numbers last year because they had to keep firing because the defense was given up so much. They're not going to be in as many shootouts. He's not going to have the same stats that he had last year. He's awfully good. I mean, that's you're not crazy to go Stroud here, but he's not going to put up the numbers he had last year. Young, the repeat Heisman winner. They don't have the receivers there. I think they're going to run the ball a little more. Caleb Williams at 700. Okay, he's like you kind of suggested before. USC's the one everyone wants to make into a thing already. Uh, and Will Anderson, he's not going to win. A great defensive player. He might get to New York, but that's not going to happen. So what else you got? I mean, this is this might be one of those years where you have some something crazy. Like who is who's the the statistical superstar? Hendon Hooker of Tennessee is going to just put up just gigantic numbers. Mikael Cunningham for uh, Louisville. He's not Lamar Jackson, but he's going to put up just massive, massive numbers. That might be the year where it becomes a statistical award and not just the guy who is the guy for the top team uh, that rocks. Now, USC, they don't get Oregon. They have a bunch of high-profile games. If they go off and he and he has a massive game against Notre Dame and they go to the Pac-12 championship out of the top guys, Caleb Williams is probably the best bet and the best option there. Hmm. I'll ask you about two more guys. One, Ewan Galilei, DJ Ewan Galilei at Clemson. We've like completely written him off 45 to one. We talk about Clemson's easier path to a national title. Um, part and parcel with that would be his sort of easier path to a Heisman because of competition that is lesser that we would sort of throw out in the wash of that assessment. A lot of voters might uh, versus an SEC schedule, let's say. 
Uh, is that like, are we, are we just writing that off? Because that was a big talking point last year as well. Oh, I haven't written him off that I, Clemson's going to be awesome. That defense is so loaded and, and Heisman wise, that's a problem because we is not going to have the massive numbers that you might want in the Heisman. He's going to have a couple of high profile games. He's got to go to Notre Dame. That's where he's going to have to rock. And you're right. They're going to fix that. The whole, he's recommitted himself. He dropped like 30 pounds or something crazy like that. I think Clemson's offense last year was a total outlier. becomes a lot better this year. That's not a crazy pick because he, there's your guy, star quarterback on a team that's going to rip through its season and is probably a sure shot to get to the college football playoff. Again, not a crazy call at that big a number. And the only other one I want to mention is Stroud is a short shot, and it would have to go a certain way for a wide out of his to win the Heisman, right? It would just have to be specifically that Smith and uh, Najigba just had a season that was so much better than everybody else on that team that it would actually sway towards him. But I'll never forget the, uh, the Garrett Wilson and the, uh, the Chris Olave interview with, with him where the three of them were sitting there yep. and like, who's the best among you? And they both pointed him, that guy. right? They're both yeah. <laughs> the two guys who got drafted in the first round are like, it's him. Trust me. Um, should we be thinking about him? 16, excuse yeah, me, 20, I mean, that, it, 25 to one. Pardon me. Last we saw him, he was ripping through this great Utah defense. Uh, everyone, everyone says that, you know, the Rose Bowl ads lost it. Plus, no, that's the game. Everybody watches. Yep. That's the game. Your grandma watches. It's the Rose Bowl. It's New Year's Day. You know, so that's the one that that cemented him as, wow, this guy is a thing. This guy's amazing. And he is. He's, he's the best wide receiver in college football, even though Jordan Addison won the Blitnikoff last year. And yeah, he's going to have a bunch of high profile games. If he goes, he could be Devontae Smith. We've broken through that barrier again a couple of years ago. And the Heisman public might just be, this guy's just the best college football player out there this year. Now, while CJ Stroud's not going to have the same numbers he had last season, Jackson Smith, the Jigma, who was the number one target on that team, his numbers should go up even more because he is going to be just that good. He just might be head and shoulders that far high. So that's again, not a bad call, especially at the number you're going to get that, on that, that game he had against Utah. I tweeted, I was like, that might be the greatest game I've ever seen a wide receiver play on any level. And then the next day, Jamar chase was like, hold my beer. He had that unbelievable game against the chiefs, which sort of uh, made that tweet obsolete. By the way, Bijan Robinson, greatest NIL deal so far. Have you heard this Bijan mustard? He's doing something like that. Good on him. That's fantastic. As opposed to the one that just came across at a bunch of uh, offensive linemen just got signed by Hooters. Uh, Bijan Mustard. We got two. I'm, I'm for it. Actually, he also has a Lamborghini deal. I so, know he does. Yeah, I, I, that, that's pretty That's pretty good. It's pretty good to be the uh, the main guy for the Texas Pretty, Pretty good. All right, we got 90 seconds. Not even. We got 60 seconds. Give us another uh, week zero pick. What do you like? All right, Nevada going to New Mexico State. Uh, I just don't believe that the Aggies are going to be rising up and rocking that fast. It's only minus nine, Nevada. And they, they got gutted. This is not the same team they were last year. Lost their coach, lost a slew of key parts from that team that had that high-octane uh, uh, passing game. But this is going to be a pretty good defensive team. They're going to be able to run the ball a little bit more. New Mexico State just doesn't have that much of an offense under new head coach Jerry Kill. They're going to run it. Nine is a little bit low for something like this. I, I think you take the wolf pack on this. But again, soft opening week zero. Go sheepishly. Go just don't go big on all these games. <laughs> that's what week that's what week one is for. The week one, that's where we're gonna go big. That's where we're gonna go big. But and we've talked about it many times that the uh the bottom of the mountain west is going to be a sight to behold this year. That's for sure. Uh one more here, 30 seconds. 
Uh, I will go go crazy. I'm going to go under on Wyoming and Illinois. There's your 44. I missed. I blew up the totals before with Northwestern, Nebraska. Uh, but the 44, that's ridiculously low. Until they can score. I don't think Wyoming scores. So Illinois doesn't score that much. They're not going to hang up 45 on their own. Thunder, sheepishly, on Wyoming and Illinois. All right, Pete. Next time we speak, we'll be talking about week one, the real opening of college football. Let's go. Looking forward to that. Pete Futek, everybody, at Pete Futek, P-E-T-E-F-I-U-T-A-K. Did I get that right? I think I did. Coming back with Todd Wright, Fantasy Football Next, Numbers Game, Visa, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.